Welcome to episode 112 of the Gluttons for Punishment podcast, or GFP, a Toronto Maple Leafs and NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on YouTube as well. We are still in the dog days of summer, especially when it comes to the NHL. There is not a lot going on, but that doesn't mean this isn't going to be a juicy podcast. One of our juicy. best podcasts of the year. I'm calling it right now because Eric Carlson was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to break down the trade. We're going to discuss whether the Penguins are going to actually make the playoffs this season after they missed last year. Should the Leafs have traded for Eric Carlson? Ooh. There were rumors that he could have gone to Toronto at one point, And we are also going to discuss Martin Jones signing a one-year deal with the Leafs. So we have a lot to get to. But before we get into all that, it is time to officially welcome in my partner in crime, Mr. Michael Lepore. How you doing today, man? Anthony Bruno, as always, doing very well. Episode 112 of the GFP podcast. Should we bust out some peaches and cream or dance with me? Some old 112 tracks. Youngins are listening right now. Like, what the fuck is he talking about? But for all you kids out there, go on YouTube, search uh, 112, and you'll hear some absolute bangers that ruled the clubs in the early 2000s. There you go. I just gave away my age. Terrible day here in Ottawa, Bruno. There was actually, the it was raining so hard, there was flooding. Like, crazy crazy flooding in parking lots people couldn't get out places were shut down nuts everyone's like oh it's it's raining i'm like hey what's the big deal and then you look outside and cars were stuck it was that bad crazy crazy times in the nation's capital lapore i can't even think about hockey right now because all i'm thinking about is michael lapore at the club in the early 2000s that's all that's on my mind right now after you said that yeah well it's funny though those who know me well know that uh, my 20s were taken up by uh, I bus boy, started busboying at nightclubs when I was like 18 years old. And then the natural progression, you move up to bartender. So I bartended all the way through university and some years after. It was tough, man. It's tough to get out of it. Like all my friends were getting real jobs after we graduated. And here I am. I'm like, I work, you know, two, three nights a week. My job's a party and I'm, I'm making really good money. So why would I go sit at a desk? I don't know, maybe I should have uh, spoken to the guidance counselor about that one and started a real career earlier, but I had a blast, man. I had a blast, and uh, I wasn't on the dance floor because I was behind the bar working. Oh, come on. You were definitely on the dance floor. Nah, Give me well, a dancing party. on the bar. We danced on the bar. Okay, right? okay. Yeah, visions. All right, well, uh, instead of talking about Michael Lepore's club days for the next uh, 10 minutes, let's actually get into some hockey talk right now. Yeah, as... how many people How many people are still listening? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I wish I had some video of you, man. Uh, Young Lapore in the early 2000s. What a sight to behold. Bruno, hair down to here for those of you. Oh, uh, are you serious? Your hair was hair. that long? Oh, bro. I got the Southern Italian Afro that would go out like full moon and full moon to the sky. But when I wet it and slick it, it was like to my chin, man. Slick back like the Italian soccer player look. Oof. Different oh, times. We might have to show that on the podcast. Yeah, we may have to look that one up. People are Googling furiously right now. Mike Lepore, 21 years old. All right, let's 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 get straight into the hockey talk here. Yeah. So obviously the big news of the week, Eric Carlson traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, I can go over the deal a little bit. It was a three-team deal, obviously mm. involving the San Jose Sharks and the Montreal Canadiens. So the Penguins unloaded Jeff Petrie to the Habs. Uh, 
they got rid of a bunch of contracts. Yeah. Um, same thing with Michael or Mikael Grandlin. Casey DeSmith is gone. He's also in Montreal. Uh, the Sharks are retaining $1.5 million of Carlson's contract. Um, so he's still getting paid $10 million a year by Pittsburgh. So it's not like they're getting a huge bargain. They're paying this guy a ton of money. Their core four is now pretty old. Crosby, mm-hmm. Melkin, Latang, all 36, 37. Carlson entering his age 33 season. As I said, the Penguins just missed the playoffs last year. But what what are your overall thoughts on the trade? Um, it's loaded. And one of those ones when it, we got alerted that he was dealt to Pittsburgh, it was like, okay, thank God. Now people can stop talking about this. Because I think that was always really the place he was going to end up. As you said, there's rumors about the Leafs, Carolina. I even heard Seattle come up. But deep down, I think we all know it was going to be Pittsburgh. From the Penguins' perspective, I've seen a lot of people analyze this deal. And what I keep hearing is, oh, this is not what Pittsburgh needed. I don't think this is going to make them better. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're in the same boat. They're old. They're this. They're that. But I think that's pretty reactionary. Because if you step back for a sec, okay, the Penguins only missed the playoffs because they lost that. Was it not to Chicago? Like the second last day of the season, they lost the game and that cost them their playoff spot. So here you have the team that missed by a point or two. And did they get better? They got significantly better. They got Granlin and uh, Petrie off the books and inserted the Norris Trophy winner. Now, I'm not saying I think they're a favorite to win the Stanley Cup or even close to it for that matter. But from Pittsburgh's perspective... You couldn't go wrong. And again, back to the point of people saying that this is not what they needed. We listen to this all the time with the Leafs. When you're a general manager, you can't build a team out of clay. You can build a team with what's available to you. People always say, well, this team needs depth at center. This team needs a number one defenseman. Or even hear direct examples where someone will say, you know what that team needs? Uh, Alex Pietrangelo. Oh, amazing point. They need Alex Pietrangelo. So here you have Every team does. Exactly. So here you can't just find these things out of the sky. There's only things that are available to you. And Eric Carlson was available. He's coming off on a 100-point-plus season. And Dubas made the deal. And he didn't really get rid of anything of asset. Because here I was, everyone looking at this deal, like, ever since it was talked about, like a year or two ago, in a cap world, it's like, well, who's going to make this deal? Because to make it fit, you have to give up something of significance. It's almost like, what's the point? If you have to give up one of your star players to get another one, I mean, why? Why would you do that? Unless uh, San Jose was willing to retain like half. So from Pittsburgh side, man, I really, really like the deal. And let's face it, it's going to be exciting as fuck. Carlson on the Penguins. People watch a lot of the Penguins and watch that team. Like I I don't watch a lot of the other teams. Like I watch as much hockey as I possibly can, but that is one team I'm now going to make an effort when I know they're on or they have a nationally televised game. I'm tuning in to watch Eric Carlson and that team play. Of course. And even too, that's a, that's a rock band tour of a team. That's a hot ticket. You get to see Sid, uh, Gino, Eric Carlson, I'm going when they're in. I mean, usually I I uh, make the drive to Scotiabank Arena whenever the Penguins are in town because I like I want to watch Crosby. But now, yeah, Carlson, let's do it. Awesome, I love. I I really like the deal for Pittsburgh. I really do, and I like aggressiveness 
I like the aggressiveness on Dubis's part. So bravo, bravo to the pens. Here's what I'll say. I do like the aggression of Kyle Dubis acquiring Eric Carlson. Dubis said it like when he joined Pittsburgh as the president of hockey operations, he talked to Crosby and Mike Sullivan. And the plan was to still compete for Stanley cups. He -hmm. wasn't coming in there to tear it down and rebuild Sidney Crosby and that organization as long as all those stars are still around, and I know they're in their late 30s, they're there to win Stanley Cup. So Dubis is obviously trying to win in the short term, but he also mentioned that he has an eye on the long term and the future of this team. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if things go to shit this year, there's probably going to be some big moves there. And maybe they consider tearing it down, making a big trade. Who knows what's going to happen, right? But it does seem like this team is kind of on its last legs. I don't really think it makes them that much better. Ooh. I I do think they're a better team. And I liked I, I like how they picked up Riley Smith as well in the offseason. Like they have a nice mm. offense. Crosby, Malkin, Russ, Jake Gensel, Riley Smith, Ricard Raquel. Like they got yes. some some got quality dudes. offensive talent. Mm. You know, Chris Letang and Carlson now is a one-two punch on the back end. But here's the thing: how many games? Are their new core four actually going to play together because of injuries? Like all of those guys are injury prone. What's funny is that the most durable guy recently of all of them has been Crosby. Remember like Crosby early in his career, all the injuries and concussions that he went through, but he low key has been a very durable player over the last number of years. Like Malkin is always out of the lineup. Latang has had his health problems and injury issues. Uh, Carlson same with Eric Carlson. As I go look at his uh, his game lock, he played 50 games in 2021-22. He played all 82 last year. Year before that, 52. Um, he played 56 the year before. This dude hasn't played in four of the last five seasons. He hasn't played more than 56 games. Yeah. And I know some of those seasons were shortened seasons because of COVID. But, you know, not the most durable guy. So, again, I have... There's a lot of question marks in my mind in terms of how many games those guys are actually going to play together. Does it even matter? Because what really matters is that they're all healthy come playoff time. But honestly, Lepore, I think they're going to struggle to make the playoffs because I think the Metropolitan Division is really, really good. So those are my thoughts on the trade. Like, bravo to Kyle Dubas. Love the aggression. Anytime you could add a guy who had 100 points last year as a three-time Norris Trophy winner, who gets to play with Crosby, Melkin, and Latang? That's fantastic, but I just I'm I don't think it makes them as good as people might think. Yeah, Malkin too. Like Malkin's been pretty injury prone, but he low key played 82 games last year. Yeah, that's he, a good and, point. And he had over a point a game too. It's time for a quick break because today we're here with a sponsor for your bouncing bundle of joy. No, we're not talking about a baby. We're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped's platinum package comes in. From razors to shower care, this package goes above the gold standard for your body hair. So treat your beautiful boys to the world's finest toys at manscaped.com using our exclusive code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Lapore Manscaped just doesn't miss. 
they do not miss Anthony Bruno. And let's face it, when you're taking care of your baby makers, you want to use quality products. Take some time, look at the Manscaped labels, and you will see it's all A-plus ingredients. Some of these other companies, it's an absolute fucking encyclopedia of shit that's put in there. You do not want to put that on your boys. You want to make sure your boys can swim. So go ahead, manscaped.com, use the promo code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. If you're not treating yourself to some Manscaped products, I don't know what the hell you're doing because you're going to look good, you're going to feel good, and you're going to play good by going to manscaped.com and using our code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com, use code GFP20 for 20% off and free shipping. You will not be disappointed. You want to know who makes the world's best men's training gear? 10,000. And they make the only training shorts you'll ever need. I am wearing a complete outfit right now from 10,000. From the shirt <laughs> to the shorts. You can do anything in this outfit and their clothes, okay? Whether you're running errands or working out, which I use it for. I mean, it is phenomenal to work out especially in these shorts, doing squats and deadlifts and bench press. Ah, feels phenomenal. Lapore, I mean, this might be the best training outfit that I've ever worn in my life. Yeah, your boy Lapore is a big snob when it comes to swag and workout clothes. And I've spent a lot of money on that, uh, that realm of my closet. And I've been disappointed many times, but I will say, this is the best stuff I've ever seen. It is fully, fully, fully worth the price. Unbelievable products. I put the shorts on, Bruno, and it kind of caught me off guard. Like they had the interval shorts have those tights in them. I put them on. I was like, oh, what's that? And I thought maybe the tights would get all bunched up and uncomfortable. No, fit the leg perfect. As I wore them throughout my workout and my run, stayed perfect. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. It's great to have them as a partner with the GFP podcast because we love having quality products. And everyone, go to their website, use the promo code GFP, get yourself that discount. Yeah, and like not only does it feel amazing to train in the in the shirt and the shorts, and like I said, run errands, but you also look amazing. Okay. Yeah. Like they got the nice, they gave me the nice gray shirt, the red training shorts. I mean, it just feels so good. And you know what? You're probably gonna lift more weight for those of you who are into weight training. You know what? Okay, maybe I shouldn't guarantee it, but I have a pretty good, I'm pretty confident that you're gonna lift more weight. What I'll guarantee is 10,000 gear. What I'll guarantee is that even if you're not lifting more weight, you're gonna look awesome at the gym. I'll and that's all that, that matters. That's all that matters. Let, let, let's be real. It's all that matters. All right. So if you're looking to upgrade your training gear, go to 10,000.cc and yes. use the promo code GFP for 15% off your entire order. That's 10,000.cc using code GFP to get 15% off your entire order. It's funny. You mentioned, okay, if things don't go well for them, that's, that's an interesting discussion on its own. I mean, the line is the playoffs. They have to make the playoffs. But you make a move like this, you have to do one at least one better than you did the year before. But it's funny to it's funny to talk about because what if they just miss? It's a it's a disaster on paper after a move like that. Then, then do you make a move? And what move do you make? 
well, Carlson just got here. He's not going anywhere. You're not trading Sin. Are you trading trading Malkin? Like, what real and true move are you making? And you mentioned the depth before. Those are all nice pieces. I don't think Pittsburgh wants to part ways with any of those guys. So if they just miss, uh, that, that'll be fun. That'll be fun to see how they react. But at the same time, it'll be an absolute blast to watch. I don't mean this in a overly negative way, but it'll be a blast to watch if it's a fucking disaster. Because it'll be a great story that this thing that was put together by Kyle Dubas in a flash, and by that I'm referring to the trade, just nosedived on the team. It's going to be fun. Eastern Conference this year, man. The Eastern Conference. Uh, I would have a hard time predicting the eight teams. I'll admit it. And usually it's pretty cut and dry. I think most people are pretty pretty clear with their picks. But add this one to the list. I think, well, before this deal, before this deal, I assume you had Pittsburgh missing the playoffs this year. I had them on the bubble again. Like I think at best they're a wild card team, both before and after the Carlson trade. So you really think it doesn't even like nudge them. Like it's just, it nudges them a little bit, but here's the thing, Lapore. I think the hurricanes are still better. I think the devils are definitely better. And then they're competing with the Rangers for that third spot of the metropolitan. I think they're better than Washington. But I think now they're competing with those other teams in the Atlantic. And I guess you could say, I'll give Pittsburgh the benefit of the doubt and say that they're still better than Ottawa, that they're still better than Buffalo. But I mean, you're Mr. Like Ottawa and Buffalo are going to take like this big leap at some point. No, so no. Well. <laughs> if one of them do, Pittsburgh's in a tough spot, man. They're in a really tough spot. I know, again, I know they just got Eric Carlson. The guy just had 100 points last year, but they're not better than Carolina. Not better than New Jersey. They're probably not better than the Rangers. Like the Rangers last season, this is just based on raw points, had 107 points, Pittsburgh 91. The Rangers finished 16 points ahead of Pittsburgh last year. So I think they're in a tough spot, man. I really do. Yeah. I don't know. See, that's what's going to be so exciting because you have teams rising and dropping at the same time. And like, way to point me bruno for for saying that you think that i'm always saying that buffalo and auto are going to take these big leaps no what i've acknowledged is their fans sure are talking about it and hoping for it and the media sure pushing those two teams but i'll then i'll ask you bruno the briefcase of a million dollars you get it if you get it right does pittsburgh finish with more points than the ottawa senators yes the buffalo sabers yes the New York Islanders. Oh, that's a that's a good one too because the Islanders are always such a sneaky team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say yes. So I guess you know what that would mean then is that they will make the playoffs, but again, yeah. they're probably going to be the second wild card team. Okay. Because then- I I also think that the Leafs, Lightning, and Panthers are all better than Pittsburgh. The next one I was going to ask is Boston. And Boston, listen, I, I'm I'm kind I'm off Boston, especially if Krejci just decides to retire. Like that, that's going to mean the show is completely over for that team. So I guess it kind of depends on that. Again, I, I don't want to be all dramatic and say like the future of this franchise now all hinges on David Krejci, which is a little ridiculous. But they, if they lose Bergeron and Krejci, you're fucked. That yeah. team's fucked. So maybe that opens the door for Pittsburgh. I think they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot. And because, because we really, you know what, like as much as we think that Boston is going to take a step back, 
if you look at like where they are just in terms of the betting markets to win the Stanley Cup and things like that, like they're still up there, meaning the books still have some confidence in this team. Yeah. Which means that they're probably just going to, I mean, I guess the analytics show that they're still just a very strong defensive team, but losing Bergeron, man, my goodness. Mm. Like they're, they're obviously going to take a step back. It's just how big of a step back does that team actually take? Yeah. And it's going to be tough to really and truly judge because full credit to what they did last year in the regular season, but they're not even going to close to replicate that. Like it's almost as if, if they, if they finish with like 105 points, even 110 points, Oh my God, what a drop off. But it's kind of hard to compare if we're being honest with ourselves. Uh, so do you think, do you think the penguins are going to make the playoffs then? I think they are because I go on rants about how I think youth is overrated in the national hockey league. And everyone's like, oh, this Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh team is old. Well, they're all still really good players. And they're a responsible team. Well, I mean, <laughs> they just added Carlson. So we'll see. We'll see how that changes things. But for the most part, they've been a decent five-on-five team, if I'm not mistaken, for the last few years. So I just think like that veteran, that veteran um leadership in them will get them across the line versus like the Ottawa's and the Buffalo's. Like, like I'm with you. I think they will finish with more points than Ottawa and Buffalo. I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. Like, I think they'll all be close. But if I had to bet one, I'd be like, no, like, I'll, I'll bet on what I know. I'll bet on Sid. I'll bet on the Norris Trophy winner. But I think there's going to be some major surprises. Think of it this way, Bruno. How many teams are there in the East who you would be genuinely surprised if they missed the playoffs? There's a few. Yeah, like, if... So here are the sorry, teams not that I'd few. be like shocked if they miss the playoffs. Leafs, sorry, yeah, not a few. Yeah. Leafs, Hurricanes, and Devils, who Devils. I think are the three best teams in the East. If any of them miss, I think that would just be complete insanity. Mm-hmm. I think the Rangers are going to get in. So I'd be pretty surprised if the Rangers don't get in. That's four teams. The, the Lightning should get in, but I don't think the Lightning are as good as maybe people think they are. It would also be like, I, you'd be shocked, wouldn't you, if the Lightning missed the playoffs or no? Yeah. Again, like the whole, like what that team has collectively, that's a tough one for them to miss completely. Like for them, I always think of it this way. Okay. We break down seasons and these little streaks and how teams are doing. But if you look at the entire scope of a season, while there's 82 games, it usually takes you in the mid nineties to make the playoffs. So you don't have to be that much over 500 consistently to make the playoffs like i think is if you go like five and four five and four five on four you're gonna you're gonna make the playoffs um or at least fight for a spot so i just think of that with tampa that's that's the way how i would look at tampa like i look at their roster i look at their guys i look at their game breakers and that team's good enough to win more like easily more than half of their games like on different stretches 10 games at a time so i'd have a hard time betting against the lightning yeah, I think the Lightning get in as well. I, I, I'm I also high on Florida. Like, I think you Florida, on Florida should have a good season. And they are dealing with some injuries from the, the run to the cup final, which could affect them early in the season. But I think they're going to get in as well. So, again, I think it just comes down to what does Ottawa look like? What does Buffalo look like? Do those teams take the next step? The Islanders who, you know, even if they tear down their entire roster, they're almost like the Tampa Bay Rays in baseball where it just doesn't matter who's on the team. They just find a way to be there in the playoff race at yep. the end of the season. So, you know, they're going to be lingering. 
And I think Pittsburgh is going to be in that mix because I don't think they're going to be top three in the Metro. I don't think they're going to uh, be ahead of either Carolina, New Jersey, or the Rangers. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. I'd like to know what their over-under point total is now compared to before the trade. How many points did Vegas... How many Good points did Vegas actually give them? I don't know. I can go like, check what uh, their point total is right now. Can I, can I guess it? I'm going to try to guess it. Yeah, Let me take know a you guess. Have you have it? I have it. I'm going to say 94 and a half. It's pretty damn close. They're at 96 and a half. I was, I was, I was thinking maybe 95. I'm like, yeah, I'll go 94 and a half. 96. What do you uh, think? 90, Over uh, under 96 and a half for Pittsburgh. I bet under. Yeah, I I'm bet definitely under. on the under there as well. Yeah, because I don't I want to say I'd be shocked. I'd be surprised if they hit a hundred points, but I wouldn't be shocked if they finished with like 90. So I, I'd hammer the under on that one. And you know the teams that have the highest point totals in the betting markets right now? In the entire league? In the entire NHL? Uh, let me see if I can guess this one. I mean, There's Colorado. four teams that are all within like a Two point of each other. Okay, I'm going to say Colorado. They're one of them. They're not number one, though. But Toronto. they're within that top four. Toronto? Yep. It's got to be New Jersey. Yep. Carolina? Yep. Those are your there top you four. Devils and Hurricanes. They're over under point total set at 107 and a half. And then the wow. Avalanche and Leafs at 106 and a half. Hmm. When you get to numbers that high, it's tough. Because the end of the year, if they have if they're clinched, they're on cruise control. Like how I made the point, it's funny. Like you you look at the penguin season. If they finish with 90 points, it's an absolute disaster. If they finish with a hundred, everyone's praising Kyle Dubas for the best trade ever. But the teams that say the like the measuring stick is a hundred and uh, let's say like the Leafs two years ago got one hundred and fifteen points. If the next year they went to one hundred and five, it's like well, it's still one hundred and five points. It, it just looked at differently. It's hard it, to me. Those ones are hard to bet. They're, they're really hard. It is to bet. hard to to hammer the over on any of. The, I mean, I shouldn't say on all of those teams, but you know, like any of those teams in the in the Metro, because like the top of the Metro is pretty strong. And I could see even as as good as Carolina and New Jersey were, they could have like they could both have like 105 or 106 points. And yeah, exactly. And you lose the bet. What's the uh, you you have them all in front of you? Yeah, I have them all in front of me. So how do they have the? How does Vegas have the East? Who are the top eight teams in the East? Like what's Ottawa, Buffalo? Yeah, so Ottawa and Buffalo. I'll try to guess these. Yeah, you want to guess Ottawa first? Okay, I'm gonna say Ottawa. I'm going to say 91 and a half. Wow, you nailed it. Right nice. On the nose. 91 there you, and a half. There you go. Bravo. Okay, how about Buffalo? Wow. I'll say 92 and a half. You nailed that one. Whoa. Too. Whoa. Whoa. Did you we're look shut, at this beforehand? We're shutting. No, I swear. We're shutting it down, Bruno. I'm going to the casino right now. Holy cow, man. Yeah. Buffalo, 92 and a half. Ottawa, 91 and a half. At this point, you might as well uh, guess the Islanders as well. I'm going to say the Islanders are, mm, I want to say like 89 and a half. No, they're at 91 and a half as well. So Ooh. same as Ottawa. Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh, who are we forgetting? What are the Rangers? 
what are the Rangers? I'm going to say the Rangers are like 102 and a half. Very close. 101 and a half okay. for the Rangers. Okay. And how about the Lightning? Guess the Lightning. Uh, I was going to say tough. the Lightning and Bruins, I think, are tough. I'm going to say the Lightning are 97 and a half. Oh, you're getting so close. Lightning, 96 and a half. I think you might be actually shocked what the Bruins point total is set at. I'm going to say 101 and a half. 105 points. Yeah, they still like the Bruins. I knew that. My I knew goodness. Vegas liked the Bruins. Their point total, four ahead of the Lightning. Losing Bergeron. I mean, it, it kind of seems like Krejci's coming back. I know I'm making a big deal out of this, but I haven't really heard anything that he's not coming back. Um, but my goodness, a hundred and a hundred and a half points, the Boston Bruins over under point total this season. My goodness. Yeah, referring back to what I said before. Like, so what okay, are we say, missing? say the Bruins at a hundred points. Again, the the Krejci thing's a big factor. But if the Bruins say had 90 or 91 points and missed the playoffs, would that surprise you more than them hitting 110? I I'd be shocked, honestly, if they had like anything over 105 points. Yeah, like 100 stunned. For sure, but absolutely I think it, stunned. I would not but, be shocked whatsoever if they finished with 90, 91 points, missed the playoffs. Yeah, that, I was going to say I think if it went the other way people wouldn't be that shocked. Based if they lose who they lose, that's not a shot to them. Anyone loses their top two centers, you're done. But well, that was fun. Did we forget anyone? What's who the, the let's go let's go to the uh, the bottom feeders. Who we got? We didn't say Montreal. Like Montreal, yeah, what do you think? That's tough. That when you're getting when you get to these teams, it's tough. I'm gonna say Montreal's 72 and a half. Very close. 71 and a half for the Habs. Okay. And I'm gonna say Detroit. Detroit's a tough one. That's a tough guess. I'm gonna say Detroit. 82 and a half. Ah, the books are giving them a little bit more respect. 86 really? and a half. Oh, okay. But the Senators and the Sabres at this point, I guess, both considered stronger teams than Detroit, which does make well, sense. Yeah, they're better than Detroit. Yeah, I'll give them that. But uh, yeah, I mean, oh, guess Edmonton. Where do you think Edmonton's at? Who? Not in that division. Well, you mentioned the ones that were at the top and they weren't one of the four. I'm going to say 102 and a half. Close, not as close as some of your other guesses. They're at 105 and a half. So they're oh, in that okay. next so they, tier. Next, okay. After the top four, it's only one extra point. But after Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, and Colorado, then you have Edmonton and Dallas. Both of their point total set at 105 and a half. Now listen, point totals are not the, the be-all and end-all. Last season... Calgary and, and Edmonton, their point totals were, I think, both set at 101 and a half or 102 and a half. And Calgary obviously completely failed and fell under that. Whereas Edmonton, how many points did Edmonton finish with last year as I checked this? 109. Okay. So the Oilers overhit. But yeah, it just goes to show like it's not the be all and end all, but they are honestly pretty, pretty accurate, I would yeah. say, for the most part. Now that I think about it, I, I didn't take enough time to think about that Edmonton one. Because if if anyone gave me Edmonton at 102 and a half, I'd hammer the over. Yeah. So yeah, the number was at 105 and a half. That's, 105 to me, that's, and a half. That's more of a bet. You know what? I still I still think I might hit the over on, on Edmonton? Edmonton. Yeah. 
in the regular season. Oh yeah, they're regular season juggernauts, man. Yeah, they're gonna, Connor McDavid gonna have another hundred. They, 150 they get all the points. power plays. They kick the shit out of everyone. Saturday night in Edmonton, you're gonna lose when you're the late game on Hockey Night in Canada. So yeah, no, I think I'd go over. Yeah, I do like that over as well. We'll set that up. That episode's coming up, though. I love when we do that show, the over-under guesses. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that a little bit closer to the season. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, Lepore. Before we move on to our next topic, I want to stay on the Carlson topic to a degree because we're going to bring the Leafs into this. Of course we Should are. the Leafs <laughs> have traded for Eric Carlson? Like, do you think that would have made the Leafs a better team? And obviously, they would have had to unload a contract to accommodate this. Yeah. But it's like, you think in your head, okay, if they swap out Nylander for Carlson, let's not even mention John Tavares because I mean, it's just impossible to trade the guy with his no move clause. So let's say they had even swapped out Marner who, by the way, I was in Niagara on the lake the day Mitch Marner got married. Okay. So my father sends me a text and he's like, have you seen Mitch Marner? I go, what are you talking about? He, go, he goes, he's getting married today in Niagara-on-the-Lake. I go, what? what? Like, I don't follow these guys and what they do off the ice, like, every day. I'm I'm not, like, a creeper, okay? And I'm not following these guys 24-7. Listen, I know there's a lot of Leaf fans out there that I follow all these guys on Instagram as well, but I wasn't actively checking my phone and being like, when is Mitch Marner getting married? But didn't we drive right by? Right by the winery that they were getting married at. Really? And okay. everyone was there. I had no idea that this was happening. But anyway. Well, you pulled up and told them you were uh, a host of the Glunts for Punishment podcast. You may have gotten a table. <laughs> Here's a discussion. Comment down below. What booster do you bring to Mitch Marner's wedding? If you're like a normal person, <laughs> what kind of boost did you? If you're not a hockey player, let That's us know tough. in the comments. How much would you? If you were going with one other person, you had a plus one. If it's your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, you're going with your husband, your boyfriend, let us know. What would you put in the booster for two people as people a normal know. person Bruno, at we Mitch have Marner's to, wedding? Bruno, we have to acknowledge not everyone may know what a boost is. Eh? It's the wedding gift. The, Ital- the Italians call the envelope, you know, in the Godfather, when everyone's dropping off the envelopes, they call the envelope the booster. So what gift would you give for Mitch Marner? Listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cave to the fact that he spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this wedding and he's rich and they're all hockey players. They're like, I'm going to, I'm going to give what I can give. You know what? And Mitch Marner has to deal with that. I think in a situation like that, maybe I'm completely wrong. Okay. For example, Matthews and Nylander were at the wedding. Okay. Is it not awkward for Matthews to give Marner money? Like for it to be a check. I think in, in that case, a gift is more appropriate. Like something sentimental, or maybe they send them on a trip or something like that. But I think I think money's weird. I, I, I don't think know, that... man. I, I I think those guys all just gave a busta. Like you they're think? Italian. Like I think I think Matthews just gave him a check, or I, I think Matthews wrote him a check for like I don't know. What do you think? Like five thousand dollars? Is that, <laughs> I was gonna, is that too I was gonna, much? I was gonna say ten. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I would love to know, man. Wow, what uh, a great Larry. question that is, eh? Yeah. What? How much? Figuring out how much these guys put in the booster. How much a normal person would put in the booster? Well, we could do a whole episode on this. Yeah, that's fascinating fun. stuff. And, and what do you do if the hockey player is Italian? Ooh, a little Dino Cicerelli. I got no fucking clue what I'm giving him. 
the things man. we talk about on the GFP podcast, eh, Bruno. But Laporte should should the Leafs have <laughs> back traded, to the topic at hand. Back to the topic. Should the Leafs have traded for Eric Carlson? No, I don't because we touched on it earlier. What um what Pittsburgh had to be rid of to fit Carlson in, they wanted to get rid of. They 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 gave Petrie too much money. Granlin was a disaster. You like Casey DeSmith, like who cares? And there's rumor rumors he might even be on the trade block immediately. So he might get moved again. Even Petrie, Johnson was saying that that's a deal Montreal wanted because they want to be able to retain and trade him and get yeah, just he's definitely gonna get traded at the deadline, you would stock, think. Yeah, just stockpile more picks. So for Pittsburgh, like I said, I don't think you can argue that the deal made them better. We look at Toronto, they would have had to given up, they would have had to have given up a major piece and then let the debate begin, right? I think for me, when people brought up Carlson and then even when he was quoted saying he knew Toronto was interested, I think he mentioned Pittsburgh, Carolina and Toronto when he was in Sweden doing an interview. You know, you get all excited. Ooh, maybe we can get Eric Carlson. I don't know about, about everyone else, but I thought San Jose was going to have to retain more than 1.5 million of that deal. Like I was thinking, okay, if they're going to retain a third or is it, is it going to be a half? Like I never really believed it was going to be a half. Cause you can't have that on the books for that long. He's like got four years left on his deal, but at 10 million, it's tough and it's tough for any team to fit in. And I think it's one of those cases where maybe they, there weren't as many interested teams as people think. Because they they saw what I saw in the way that we have to give up something of significance to give real significance to get them. And then in the cab world, what's really the point if it's just we're just moving chairs? But for the Leafs, no. I mean, right now, if you we already said okay, Tavares would have been the one. If we could have flipped Tavares for Carlson tomorrow, we like we would yeah, do you'd it. Do that in a heartbeat. Right. That's on the table. But it's not gonna happen. Um would you have considered would you have considered Nylander? No, honestly, I would not have considered Nylander or Marner for Eric Carlson. What if you knew Nylander wasn't signing? That's a really good question. I think at that point, I would definitely consider the trade. And honestly, I probably would do the trade if I knew that Nylander wasn't re-signing because at that point, you're just hoping that the Leafs, that it all comes together this year and they win the yeah. Stanley Cup and then... You know, Nylander sails off into the sunset and joins another team in free agency. But yeah, I think that's like really the only scenario that I would have actually traded any of the core four members not named John Tavares for Eric Carlson if I knew Nylander was not re-signing. Would you have traded Riley? I love Morgan Riley. <laughs> so I love I. him so much. Here's the thing. He's younger than Carl. He's four years younger than Carlson. Um, he's a playoff monster, but so is Eric Carlson. Yeah. I mean, obviously Eric Carlson's better than Morgan Riley, so he makes more than Morgan Riley. I would have traded Morgan Riley for Eric Carlson. Like if that has to be part of the deal, you do. They say it was like Morgan Riley, Morgan Riley, a prospect and a first, you would have done it. Yeah. As much as I love Morgan and I think he's like low key, the heartbeat of this team, even though he's not the captain. Um, yeah, I think I still would have done that for Carlson. Yeah. And then are we, are we, assume, I mean, we can only assume that Pittsburgh 
or that San Jose was only going to retain the 1.5 million. So we'd have to move something else or something. And then I don't know. And, and, and again, that that's what makes it tough because you look at Toronto's lineup and where would you free up money? You know what, man, it'd have to be like Brody, like Brody would have to be part of the deal. Like that, that would free up the cash. But then you're like, trading two of your top four defensemen for Eric Carlson. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. that's a good point. That's a good tough way to look spot. at it. I, I just think, yeah, it. like there's not many teams out there, like contending teams that could make this work easily. And Pittsburgh had to do some gymnastics here too. Like credit to Dubas. Like he unloaded Grandland. They are still paying Petrie a little bit. Yeah, Like 1. his contract 5. is 25% retained. So they didn't completely get out of the woods on that deal, but... I mean, I, I that was that was pretty good work to at least get rid of the Grandland deal. Those Penguins fans were all joking, like all the problems that Ron Hextall caused. Kyle Dubas has just kind of waved his magic wand and made them go away. Yeah, and what I haven't heard anyone say anything good about San Jose's return and what they have now from getting rid of Eric Carlson and back to the bullshit that is the salary cap. This team had a player with four years left on his deal who just had one of the best seasons in the history of the National Hockey League for a defenseman. And they couldn't get... It was tough to trade him because the fucking salary cap. Pretty pathetic. It's so stupid. Here they are. We can't get rid of this guy. What? There should be 20 teams lined up. Can you imagine? Eh, so, so so horrible. And that's why everyone's criticizing them. Well, if there's not suitors, if no one's willing to do the deal and he doesn't want to be there, well, you got to move forward at some point and get and get what you can. This sucks, man. Sucks. Sucks for San Jose. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Looking at their return, Mikel Grandlin, Jan Ruda, Mike Hoffman, and a first-round pick. Yeah, they got that one first. For then Eric again, Carlson. That's another high five to do, but he only gave up one first-round pick to get this done. Very pretty nice. Insane. I guess, I guess it, it just goes back to, as you mentioned, like there just wasn't a lot of money retained on the deal. Like Taking on that contract yeah. is obviously a big part of this. Taking on $10 million. I wonder 11.5 salary. I wonder what that negotiation was because Dubas only gave up the one, the one, just the one pick altogether. That first round pick, you have to. Or, think, sorry, he also the the Penguins' second round pick went to Montreal, so I should mention that as well. Okay, so they lost two picks. Okay, I'd like to know retaining more money. What more did San Jose want? Like, is that where it creeped into? And two firsts because that, that's a kick in the nuts, especially when Dubis knows this group's not going to be together for very long. So for him to trade away his next two first round picks, that would have been rough. So again, I, I'd, I'd love to hear the discussions for this deal. And I'm sure, I'm sure usually these deals, I think they happen pretty quick. I think they can juggle money around on that sheet of paper in front of them pretty quick and get it done. This deal took a while. I think this, this one took a couple of weeks because there's so many pieces involved. And I think there was a lot, I would bet there was a lot of negotiation because Dubas goes first. Well, retain half. Okay. Were they willing to retain half? And if they were, okay, well now we want this. Right. So, and then you go back and forth and it came down to 1.5 million and one pick. Awesome. And then finding the third team in this deal. Interesting one for sure. Yeah, I think Dubas was just thinking, just please make Sidney Crosby happy. That's my only <laughs> job right now, or else Sid is going to kill me because yeah. I came in here and told him that we're going to compete for Stanley Cups. Yeah. And uh, he's pretty much doing what he uh, what he said he was going to do. So we'll see how that plays out with EK. 
What's his number now? I was about to say his number. I forgot what 65. number. Is he 65? Okay. Yeah, I already I'm saw terrible with like the player Penguins numbers. Jersey. The Penguins Except Matt Sundin, number 13. I forget oh. everyone else's number pretty much. Uh, yeah, I know the Penguins. Someone was posting that I think the Penguins jerseys are already for sale. But it's funny. You mentioned the, uh, we're telling stories now. You mentioned driving by Marner's wedding. So a good friend of my sister's, I don't know if they own the cottage or they just rent it regularly, but their cottage is next door to Dubas's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like they where, know where him. is this cottage? You know, I don't even remember exactly. Okay. I'm just listening to what my sister told me. And here I was like, I was, oh my God, like the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs is next door. I'm like, uh, can I come and knock on the door? But what's hilarious is um, she was there recently and Kyle wasn't there. It was just the mom and the kids and all the kids were apparently fucking decked out in Penguins gear. <laughs> to oh, no way. Yeah. I'm Come like, on. Nice. Not wasting any time changing your favorite team. Right, man. Kyle Dubas just wants to annihilate the Leafs. Eh? Like yeah. it went from he has his dream job. He gets a shot from Brendan Shanahan, top of the world to I want to absolutely kill the Toronto Maple Leafs. Is there is there a matchup in the playoffs that the media wants more than that? I think the NHL is praying that the Leafs and Penguins meet in the playoffs. Yeah. And like, that on, would just be the dream matchup. Based on what Vegas is saying, too, with the point totals, it could fucking happen. Yeah. Leafs winning the Atlantic, finishing as the first or second seed in the East. Pittsburgh, wild card team. It's happening, man. Oh, it's happening. That would feel so good to win and so shitty to lose. Oh, can you imagine after oh. all the playoff failures if we lose to Kyle Dubas in the oh first round? God. What would have made it even worse is if we didn't beat Tampa. So here was this jam who couldn't win a round. Oh man. And then he and then he wins a round beating us. Like, oh my god. That would be that would have been like the ultimate nightmare. Just Not getting past man. Tampa. The first round drought continues and then leaves Penguins first round this coming season and we lose to Kyle Dubas. You know what, man? Oh as, my as, God. As gross as it would be, I'll say it. And people can call me out on this one. I would probably take that over losing to Ottawa. Be, being okay. Leaf, And Leafs fans listening, those who live in Ottawa, there's a lot of us here in Ottawa. We would have to crawl into fucking holes for the entire summer. Because Sens fans would be fucking at us, at us if they knocked out the Leafs. And I mean, they're allowed to be like based on history and just geography and what they've been through recently. Totally, totally. They can do whatever they want. They can act any way they want. But as Leafs fans, oh man, I'd want to crawl, crawl into a fucking hole and die if Ottawa knocked out the Leafs in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with this take, Lepore. The Battle of Ontario runs deep. And yeah. I still have people in my comments on social media, on my Ottawa Senators videos, like throughout the summer that are chirping me and, and, you know, like people, uh, Senators fans are passionate. And I think yeah. you're right, man. If the Leafs lost to the Senators in the first round, Mark Mathot, man, that would be Mark Mathot's oh, Super fuck. Bowl. Oh, if, the, Super if the Senators Bowl. beat the Leafs in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, let's wow. wait and see. Again, that's another matchup that could happen a Battle of Ontario. Like, I'm already getting excited, man. It's uh, the start of August, and I'm already fired up for the playoffs. Yeah, Leafs are going to lose their first five games of the regular season, and we're <laughs> going to be talking about tanking for whoever's going first <laughs> overall in a couple weeks.
Yeah, it's going to be like the last two years. All the drama at the start of the season. The Leafs are going to start like two and five, and then yeah. and then they're going to win the President's Trophy, as I've been predicting for the last three years. Yeah, but this year will be worse than ever if they start slow with uh, with Nylander and Matthews negotiating. I told my buddy, if I'd like to see what the over-under goal total is for Matthews on the season, if he's not signed, I'm fucking hammering the over. He's going to score like 68 goals or something just up. Fuck us, right? Yeah. So if, if there's a year to take Matthews in fantasy hockey, I think this is oh, the year because watch. he is just, yeah, I think he's just going to go, especially if he doesn't sign. Yeah. If he, if he wants to wait, kind of wait it out a little bit, my God, he's going to, he's scoring 65 goals. There's also the matter. I'd like to see that fire from him this year altogether, simply because for, for his standard, he didn't have a good year. I mean, 40 goals is crazy to say that someone didn't have a good year but for him and our expectations of him it wasn't a good year and i'll stand by the point that i think he was injured all year but regardless you see all these lists coming out of the best players in the league and tiers people are like aren't even putting him in the top 10 oh it's embarrassing like we're putting like jason robertson and matthew kachuk ahead of austin matthews i'm sorry i know both had great seasons and kachuk went to the to the cup final but get the fuck out of here i'm not taking either of those players and maybe Kachuk, you have a little bit of an argument because of all the intangibles, but give me Austin Matthews all day yeah. over both so you, of those guys. You'd like to think that's going to motivate them. I mean, players do read that shit if they don't. Yeah, like, and, they and at this it. point, like I'm expecting 50 goals, like a yeah. normal season for Matthews where I like everything's fine. You know, we're not freaking out. It's a 50 goal season. It's insane that that's like the baseline, but that's what we're all expecting is like 50 goals. 95 to 100 points and if he doesn't do that we're all like what's going on with austin matthews you have to think that that over under total it's got to be like if someone said what's gonna be the over under for matthews i'd say it's gonna be like 45 and a half 46 and a half it's not under 40 yeah it would probably be somewhere in that range and even if it was in the low 40s i'd hammer the over yeah so he's gonna have a big year Fuck. anyway <laughs> before we uh wrap up the podcast Quick chat about the Leafs signing Martin Jones to a yeah. one-year $875,000 contract. Earth-shattering. I'm praying that he doesn't play a single game for the Leafs because he stinks. Yeah. But it's an insurance policy. He's the third goalie. Like, clearly this team is going into the season with Ilya Samsonov and Joseph Wall as the one-two punch. Matt Murray is now on Robita Island on LTIR. And they bring in Martin Jones as a third option. You know, he's probably going to be playing in the AHL. Your your thoughts on the Martin Jones signing? Hey, yes, he's a nice goalie for the Marlies is the best way I can put it. As you said, Wall and Sammy are going in uh, to the season with every opportunity. They're going to be given opportunities. And I think they have some real estate to not play well. I mean, there's a big buffer there. But what makes me happiest about the deal is I think this sort of cements that we're never going to see Murray again. Plain and simple. Because because for Murray, you're not... For them to sign Jones, like you didn't do that deal. Say Murray gets healthy and then you're going to have like Wall go down. You wouldn't have signed Jones. So I I really think that we're done here now. And that gives me some relief (laughs) if I'm being perfectly honest. So... That's kind of what I make of the deal. He's a funny one because didn't he have one like really good year? Like when he was on back. San Jose, like when he first 
sort of broke into the NHL. Like he had a stretch of like two to three really solid seasons, but he was playing behind some really good Sharks teams. But then after 2018, completely fell off a cliff. Five straight seasons now. Below 900. His highest save percentage was actually 900 on the dot. Four of those five years, under 900. 896, 896, 896, three years in a row. 900 save percentage with the Flyers in 2022. And then last season with the Kraken, 887. So, I mean, I'd be stunned at this point if this guy has a save percentage over 900 in the NHL. You know what's hilarious? I saw his numbers with Seattle. He had an 887, but he had a good record. He had, he had a nice winning percentage. Yeah, his his record report 27, 13, and 3. Yeah, I was gonna say it was like 24 and 11 with or an something. 887 save percentage. Yeah, so My so goodness. Seattle, so news newsflash, Seattle's really fucking good. Um yeah, I think there was even years with Martin Jones, like people who do the underlying numbers of goalies where they people were saying that San Jose was actually a lot better than people thought. It was just Martin Jones was the fucking worst goalie in the NHL and they couldn't get a fucking save. So they didn't have a prayer every night of the week. But yeah, there was a year that they went into the playoffs and they were like a hundred and you know five plus point team, and like they were really good and they had the worst goaltending in the NHL. Yes, I, it, it, yes. it was a few seasons ago. I want to say maybe four seasons ago, three or four seasons, where yeah, they went into the playoffs and they had a loaded roster and they literally had the worst team save percentage in hockey. This is like when Evander Kane was there. Yeah, and I believe yeah. like Carlson was there. Uh, it may have been like the maybe the first season he was there, and they still yeah. had Brent Burns and all that. And it's still yeah. weird to me because San Jose, and again for young people, it's probably hard to picture picture this. Like San Jose was so good for so long; they were that they were one of those teams where you, they're going to get their cop. You just thought yeah, it was a matter a of time for for like 10, 15 years. They were a really good team. It still feels kind of weird to me that they stink. And even even Anaheim for that matter, because they were good for a while. That they're that they're this bad. It's 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 shocking, man. But I guess it yeah, goes it's to crazy. Sh- and the only California team that has, I guess, survived and you know been able to retool is LA. And yeah. they've done it with Kopitar and Doughty still on the roster. Whereas all those other teams crumbled. Anaheim with Getzlav and Perry, and then San Jose with all the studs that they had. The only team that was able to hold it together. The LA Kings, and sure, they had a couple of years where, you know, they they didn't get into the playoffs and it was a little rough, but they're a good team again. Really impressive organization. All right, man. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we wrap up this podcast? Duh. I think it was a good one, Bruno. We call these the dog days of summer, but I think we're putting some pretty good shows together. And you got me really excited for the uh, over under episode. And considering, uh, Considering I did pretty well with my guesses today, I'm sure people are going to be taking furious notes of my picks that episode to bet their mortgages in Las Vegas. Why not? Oh, what do you think? For the love of God, do not <laughs> bet your mortgage on any of our picks. Yeah, we're going to put disclaimers, right? <laughs> Please do not we're trust Leaf in. Oh fuck! Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Why would we trust Leaf fans? That's the comments. Yeah, and I agree with you. Why would you trust a Leaf fan? I wouldn't. That's for sure. That's literally like seventy-five percent of the comment section of any video I post on social media. Is, Shut up! You're a Leaf fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know honestly, what's funny? It's, uh, it's not a bad point. Yeah, well, bad point. I'll take it. But the thing I always wonder, and again, how it's always about the Leafs is you always see those comments like trashing, trashing, trashing the Leafs. 
And I'm always thinking, who are these people's favorite teams? Because you'd like to think it's Canadian teams. Yeah, and they're you, all worse than the Leafs. Yeah, so I'm like, well, well, you're like a Senators fan. Oh, you're going to chirp or you're a Montreal fan or you're a Vancouver fan. Even in like hey, Edmonton, okay, eh, you've had some success, but whatever. You're not miles ahead of us. So I've always found it weird. Like I'm, I'm reading these comments. Like, are these people fucking Colorado Avalanche fans? <laughs> Probably. And then not. you're a bigger loser if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan or any like elite team. Like, get the fuck out of here. You're not a Colorado Avalanche fan, unless you're like, okay, if you're over the age of thirty, I'll give you a pass. And like, oh, you grew up and Patrick like you, Wall. you were a fan yeah. of like Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg. But if you're, I'm sorry, if you're like sixteen or seventeen and you're like the abs are my favorite team and fuck the Leafs. Like that's just, that's a complete joke. I'm sorry. You know, you know what fan base? And again, maybe they actually did come out because they had fans, but it was like, all of a sudden there were Chicago Blackhawks fans. And it's like, uh, okay. You have like 5,000 people in your building for a decade. And now all of a sudden it's waving the, everyone's waving the Blackhawks flag after three cups. I found, I found that one, but again, original six team, Maybe they did have the fans. They were just really, really quiet <laughs> during that era. But... You know what, what should be mandatory on hockey social media? Anytime you're going to make fun of someone, whether it's a Leaf fan or a fan of any team, it should show in your profile that's public to everyone which team you cheer for and who you're a fan of. Yeah, I'm sure we get, again, I'm sure we get your by a lot of Sabres fans. It's like, well. Yeah, I mean... it's like your team stinks. The Senators, your team stinks. Like, make the playoffs. Your core yeah. has been in place now for like five years and you can't even make the playoffs. So get the hell out of here. Man, Bruno, you're going to get fucking killed if the Sens put together a good <laughs> season. I, I'm kind of hoping for it because I want to see the drama. Oh, Bring on. Or I'm saving like my my ultimate sense take for like before the start of the season. So mm. I, we'll, we'll save that. We're going to put that on the back burner for now. Oh, fuck. But we should have a sense episode. It's not a bad idea, man. Yeah, we should bring Mark Mathod on the show. Fucking right. That's, what, that's what we're going to do next. Get Mark Mathod on the show. Why not? All right. That is going to do it for episode 112 of the gluttons for punishment podcast or Dance GFP. Dance with me. <laughs> a Toronto Maple Leafs at NHL podcast hosted by Michael Lapore and Anthony Bruno. If you are a new listener or longtime listener and you really enjoyed this episode, us talking about Mitch Marner's wedding and how much <laughs> we would put in the Busta, then uh, please give us a five-star rating and review on either Apple or Spotify. That would be a huge help. And if you're watching us on YouTube and you really enjoyed the content, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, Leave a comment down below and ring the notification bell so you know exactly when the GFP podcast is posting some new content. So until next time, uh, continue enjoying your summer. We will keep you up to date with the latest news from Leafs Nation and other news dropping around the NHL. Um, but until then, have a good one, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, everyone. Oh,